cries out to God in his darkest hour and is not only heard by God, but restored into an amazing and loving relationship with God. As Jane said, you know, the parable of the lost son is a story that many of us know well. But I think it's a fantastic story and one that I often come back to because almost every time I come back, I see something in it that I've not noticed before. But above all, I come back to it because it reminds me of the father of God's amazing love for his sons and his desire to be in a close relationship with us. So that you can keep track of where I am as I'm talking, um, I'll be talking about this story under three headings. A picture of sin and love, the response to sin and love, a warning to the unlust, and then a quick sum up. So first part, picture of sin and love. Verse 11 and 12 are verses that I I personally often skip over. But the last time I read the story, I was struck by these verses and thought, you know, what a great picture of what sin and love look like. You know, if I asked you, what is sin? It's a difficult thing to define. I'm sure most of us could talk about specific sins. But what is sin? The first point I'd like to make today is that I think this story shows a clear picture of sin. In eleven twelve, it says, The son saying to his father, Give me my share of the property now. If you want to know what sin looks like, this is a great picture. Because what is happening here is that the son is asking the father for his inheritance right now. He is saying to the father, I want what is owed to me And I want to go my own way. And that is what sin is. It's us saying to God the Father, I want to go my way and not yours. And this is a biblical picture because in Isaiah 53, 6, it says that we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So the point one here is sin is us saying to God, We want to go our way and not yours. And then in the very next sentence, you have this awesome picture of the love of God. So the man divided his property between the two sons. The son asks for a share in his property and the father honours the son by giving him what he's owed. The son asks and the father gives we look with human eyes we could ask you know where is the love in this isn't the father showing a weakness by indulging his son isn't he showing a lack of care for his son by just giving him what he wants no you see the son is of an age where he is old enough to make a decision and a choice and by asking for his inheritance he's basically saying to the father i want you dead And the father is showing amazing love by honoring the son's decision when he asks for his inheritance. Even though it would have been an immensely painful experience for the father. And a fundamental part of God's love is that like the father in the story, he too has given us a choice and God honors 
that choice. If we say to God, I want to go my own way, then he loves us so much that he gives us free will to make a choice even though it hurts him. And he still honors that choice. So point two, like the father, God loves us so much that he gives us a choice. He gives his sons and daughters what we ask for. You know, these are, this is a verse that I've come to this story perhaps a hundred times, but I've often skipped over these two tremendous pictures of sin and love. Next point, the response to love and sin. So now we have the son selling his property, moving far from home and squandering the money in wild living. And eventually the son has nothing and he's forced to feed the pigs. And in verse 16 it says, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Just like Andrew Chan, this lost man fell on his knees and thought about killing himself. You know, here we have the son brought to his knees. And it was, it was only when he was in this dark place, penniless and alone and feeding animals that the Jews actually thought is disgusting, that the son finally begins to get his thoughts spot on. He realizes that he's done wrong and decides to return to the father and say, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called a son. If the father is a picture of God, then this is what we say when we become a Christian. We say, Father, I have sinned against you. I've gone my way and not yours, and I'm sorry. I want to be in a relationship with you. Let's leave the lost son for a moment and come back to the father. Verse 20. But while the son was a long way off, his father was filled for compassion for him and threw his arms around him and kissed him. I, I just think this is just an, a, a fantastic picture. You know, what an amazing image of the father's love. The father was looking out, probably yearning for his son's return. And when he finally sees the son returning, the arms are thrown around the lost son and the lost son is kissed. And I believe this is an amazing picture of God. He too is watching us. And when a son and a daughter come to him, does he reject that son or daughter? Never. Never, never. Like the father in the story, God is yearning for his lost sons and daughters who have decided to go their own way to return to him. And this is the lesson that I believe everyone who comes back to God and says I'm sorry and recognize what Jesus did on that cross must understand. It doesn't matter how bad you've been, what you've done, God will never, ever reject you. Did the father reject the son? No. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In the story, we see that the father threw a party. And this is the father's response to the son. When a son returns and says, I'm sorry, the right relationship between the son and the father is restored. A relationship 
based on love. And this is the father's response to the sinner who says, sorry. If you've never come to the father and said sorry, then I, I stand here, I beg, I beg you, come to the father. It's the best decision you'll ever make. He'll love you no matter what you've done or do. If you fit into that box, then we are people who love to pray with you at the end of the service. Please come and make yourself known to me or or any of the other people that are wearing these yellow stickers saying prayer team. We'd love to pray for you. So there we have this amazing response to love by the son saying sorry to his dad. And the dad's amazing response to the sinner by embracing the son when he comes back and says sorry despite everything the lost son has done. And then the final point, a warning to the unlost. So now the focus comes off the lost son and to the father and to the unlost son. In this part of the story, we have the second son coming back from toiling in the field and seeing his father throwing a party for a son who squandered his father's wealth. The son is unhappy and says in verse 29, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you've not even given me a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property and slept with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf. You know, for many years I thought that this son, this unlost son, gets a pretty raw deal here. He's worked hard and served faithfully, and yet it's the other son who seems to be getting all the honour. And there was a part of me that thought he actually has a legitimate complaint to his dad. But again, the problem with looking at the story with human eyes is that we run the risk of the message that Jesus is trying to get at. Sorry, we run the risk of missing the message that Jesus is trying to get at. And that message is this, that God, like the Father, cares about the relationship far more than he has with his sons and daughters than what his sons and daughters have done or do. God cares much more about the relationship we have with him rather than what we have done. And we see this in this faithful son where his father is overjoyed that his precious son who was lost is now found. But the unlost son is more concerned about why he has not been rewarded fairly. Even worse, he sounds like he's chastising his father. And I believe this can only happen when a relationship is not quite right. And I think this story is fundamentally about relationships. I think what this story tells us about is that God is more concerned, as I've said before, about the relationship we have, we have with him rather than about what we have, what we do, or what we have done. And this is what the second son, who has been busy serving, has missed. This is what the second son, who has been busy serving, has missed. 
He's been working faithfully. But through that work, he's lost something in that relationship with his dad. And the question for all of us, including me, and it's only one question actually that I am grasping at the moment. The question for all of us who have given our lives to God is this. Have we lost something in our relationship with the Father? You know, are we as close to him as we should be? Are there things that are beginning to crowd out that relationship with the Father? How do we rectify this? Well, first of all, take a leaf from the first son and say, sorry. Say sorry to the Father. And spend time with the Father. Delight in his presence through prayer, through the reading of his words, the Bible, but not through our works. This story shows that God is delighted when we come to him and we stay close to him. So, just to sum up, if you've never come to God and said sorry, it's not too late. Come to God today. And secondly, consider where you are with God today. You may be saved, but how is that relationship? Do you delight in the same things as God delights in? Are you like the unlost son who, after toiling in the field, comes back, sees the dad celebrating, and has a hard heart? Are you spending time with the Father, reading the Bible, in prayer, on a daily basis? Is your relationship with the Father rooted in the right stuff? Shall we just pray? Father God, you know, this story of the lost son, on the surface, it's a story we know so well. And I just thank you for the story, Father, because it shows the amazing truth that it doesn't matter who we are, what we've done, that you will always forgive And Father, for those of us who have crossed that line, who have given our lives to you as our King and as our Saviour, Father God, I pray for us as well, Lord, that we um, keep coming back to these stories, the Gospel, Father, these stories we know so well, with childlike eyes, reading them, asking them to still talk to us. And Lord, I just really pray, Father, that we... um, we draw close to you, that we're not like the unlost son, Father, where we're so busy with our works that we've lost something in the relationship that we should have with you. Lord Jesus, our prayer is simple. Just restore relationships, whether we're saved or whether we're not. We want to be in that wonderful, close relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.